Hello and welcome to another episode of Software Should Be Free with just me, Tim Abel. Uh, my co-host David is slammed and on and off a bit under the weather, uh, but hopefully he'll join us again really soon. Hey David, get on the mic. <laughs> um, I've, it's been nearly a year since I've recorded anything, um, but I don't want this to become another pod fade as Justin Jackson calls it. So I got this is a bit of a grab bag. I've got a few things I want to talk about. Um, hopefully you'll find something useful in here. Um, so the overview is some bits from the blog um, that I've posted recently that I've gone into some depth on. Um, I'll just give you a, a quick highlight from each. Um, some thoughts about Dog Lost, who I've been helping out, um, just to let you know that I'm, I'm looking for more people to join in. So I'll talk a bit about the current state of that. Uh, the plans, the technology, um, and also just covering my my journey into being an entrepreneur or lack of, um, but I haven't I haven't given up. <laughs> so without further ado, I'll kick off. So yeah, one of the one of the pieces I'm quite proud of from the the blog lately is not really a technical thing. Um, in an attempt to keep my life from descending into chaos uh, with client work, kids, houses, um, attempts at being an entrepreneur. I've been working on the getting things done method and using Trello. Um, I've written up uh, in some detail the approach I've been using um, and I'm I'm pretty pleased with it these days. I don't really manage to keep on top of it but I also am all comfortable that I'm not really dropping anything on the floor and, and sometimes like I get through more than I'd realized and lose that stressed feeling from thinking that there must be something I haven't done because I can see actually I've done all the critical things for the day. <clears throat> so I definitely re- recommend checking that out. Timwise.co.uk have a hunt around for GTD. Um, I, a little attempt at being an entrepreneur. I put a link to a, um, a template Trello board on there and put a $5 paywall on front on the front of it. <laughs> so, so far, no dice. So I guess that wasn't wasn't going to be the thing, but it was worth a try. Um, so yeah, the the method is basically the GDD method from the book. Um, so you have a an inbox where everything goes, and that's the first column in my Trello task board, and then an action items column, and that's everything that you can get done in a short length of time, uh, like very specific um, single action items, um, and then. Another column for projects, uh, so you, you might, each time you look at those, break out another card into action items to move it forwards. Um, another column for waiting for people um, and scheduled. Um, and that's that's been going going pretty well. So yeah, have, have a look at the blog, see what you think. Uh, and either way, uh, I never really know who's listening to this. Um, so Twitter's a great way of hit me up, let me know that you're listening. So find me at Tim at, uh, Tim underscore Abel, A-B-E-L-L, uh, on the Twitters. Um, and just at me, um, mention whatever it is you think about this, good or bad. Um, maybe DM me if it's bad. <laughs> the next one from the blog. I've been doing a lot of reading on the basis of wanting to be a bit more of an entrepreneur, think a bit more like an entrepreneur, provide value in, in what I do. Um, and it's been been really interesting that the entrepreneur journey seems to be totally and utterly tied up with the personal development journey, which makes sense because 
from what I've seen in my life in business so far, any company that you go to is a complete reflection of the people at the top. So if the person at the top is friendly and embrace, uh, embraces all who come, um, then that ripples down either through people imitating or the hiring bias. So the people that stick around are similar. Uh, and on the flip side, uncaring, uh, unproductive places or places with blind spot specific blind spot spots. If you look across the organisation, you can usually trace it back to the people who founded it or the people who are in charge of it tend to have those blind spots personally. Um, so it, it really makes sense that if you're going to create a great business, you need to work on yourself to be a great person. Um, and that's not just being organised and getting things done. That's also um, being a, a good people person, if, even though it's a bit glib. Um, so off the back of that, I've been reading all sorts of books. Um, my main source of that has been listening to startup, particularly bootstrap podcasts, uh, like Bootstrap Web and Startups for the Rest of Us and uh, the Justin Jackson's show, which I forget what it's called. Um, and every now and again, they'll mention a book. And as soon as they mention a book, I hit pause and I open up my Audible subscription and I add it to my wish list and then as soon as I've finished one audible book I go to my wish list and buy the next one I've got a um an annual subscription with audible through the business um which seems reasonable because I'm learning for business um so I don't have to worry about paying for each one which is which is great um and I usually try and find one that's read by the narrator um and I, I think the message sticks sticks quite well um but yeah, the the flavours of books that have come up, I kind of assumed initially that they'd all be like really tactical, strategic business books. But the reality has been so many of the recommendations have been just like being an effective person and being a good person. Um, so after quite a lot of this, and quite a few, few years of this really, um, now that I have a couple of small children um, and life is never certain without being too morbid it occurred to me that you know my kids and my kids are not going to read the <laughs> for example so good they can't ignore you by cal newport um at the age of four <laughs> um but the, a lot of these books i wish i'd read at the age of i don't know 18 20 25 maybe 30 um i think i might be a bit further ahead in what i'm trying to achieve by now um and maybe be a better person um, and have pissed off a few less people, perhaps. <laughs> um, so I uh, I've written written a blog article with uh, a book list for my children that I've then printed out and put in an envelope and given to them each. Um, and you know they're they're excited about that. They don't know what it is, and hopefully they can not lose that until they're old enough to read them. Um, and if they lose them, it's up there on the internet. It'll be on internet archive if my domain expires, and hopefully some somehow they'll find their way to get there. So I'm gonna very quickly rattle through what they are now because save you going to look them up, see if you think any of these are good. Um, I haven't just written the titles down. I've also written why I think 
it's a good all-round book for anybody to read. So these are not like learn C-sharp kind of books. These are just all-round good books for life. And the number one has to be The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, which I read a very long time ago and has really helped me in my relationships with people um, just be more empathic, more understanding, um, and understand that you can change who you are for the better. Uh, this is really probably the book that kicked off my interest in just becoming a better person. Um, and I've also, on the blog, written When I Think It's Good to Read. So this one I've put, it's uh, good to read when you're a young adult and probably again when you're older and wiser. Uh, and if you're already old and wise, then read it right now. <laughs> it's uh, it's probably still st- stood the test of time, I would say. Um, so I shall just rattle through these now. Now you've got the idea. So Nonviolent Communication, Marshall Rosenberg. It took me ages to track this down. Um, I don't think you can get it in print, but it was there on Audible. Um, this is uh, somewhat surprisingly the calm and empathic approach to communication is superior. Uh, that's easier said than done with our brains evolved for times gone by. And the the one that makes me think when you would read this would be when you've argued with someone and wonder what it achieved or it cost you really dearly. Um, ideally, before it happens, but we, you know we only do things when we feel the pain. Um, I know that in the past I. I ended up blowing up at a client at some point and it didn't do me any favours and I didn't really understand what had happened. I just, like, I wasn't getting anywhere anywhere, and I got annoyed and I said things that I probably shouldn't have said and fortunately it wasn't the end of the world but it wasn't great. And a great colleague of mine who seemed completely unflappable, I said to him, why... Why do you not get annoyed when you see these things being done not the way you think is right? And he just said to me, well, it doesn't achieve anything. (laughs) Um, And I think that's so true. And this book goes much, much deeper um, on that subject, on empathising and um, letting people know that that really, when it comes to it, you're on their side. And it's got some fantastic stories of much more difficult problems than I have about trying to bring together warring nations and tribes um, well worth a read good stories even if you're not too bothered about the the message overall the next one which is not one um i'd really come across in other places but i'm really glad somebody recommended this to me is bonds that make us free by c terry warner uh, this is a, a book about dealing with people um the truth is it's not them it's you <laughs> um we all like to think it's the other person um the good news about that is it means you have the power to change what's wrong. And it turns out that dealing with people is important and is a found, is foundational in all walks of life. Um, and I'd recommend everyone to read this as soon as you can and probably every decade again after that. Um, this has been a, a fantastic book for me. And then on something a bit more career-based, so this is So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Um, this speaks to common misunderstandings about how the world of work the world of work works and why people get hired or don't get hired why people get paid well or don't get paid the the key thing is it's about the skills that you bring um i put that you probably want to read this like maybe before your first or second job but better late than never um though if you've already retired rich then it's probably not one to not one you'll need to pick up 
Next one is Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert T. Kiyosaki. Um, this is a really interesting one. Depending on your circumstances, like you'll have habits that make you rich or make you poor. Um, I like the, the idea that um, if you take someone who's rich and you take all their money away, then it won't really be long before they're rich again. And if you take someone who's poor and give them lots of money, then it's probably not going to be very long before they're poor again. Um, and we do hear stories of this with lottery wins and bankruptcies. Um, and this book dives into what it is that different families learn. There's this, the story is of somebody who came from a, a poor family with poor poor person habits, as it were. But they had a, somebody in their life, a, a friend of the family, I think, who or someone they'd met, I forget the exact route, but somebody who came from a rich family um, who was like a second dad to them and he was able to see the contrast in the kind of messages that come across and the kind of things that you teach maybe unintentionally to your children. Um, <clears throat> when would you read this? I think as soon as your bank account hits zero for the first time <laughs> and any time that you're annoyed that you still have that sucky job you hate but can't escape from, which happens to us all, I think. Um, the next one, which has nothing to do with work, but I think um, I've always struggled with this. Um, I've been a little bit of a hoarder. And it's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying by Marie Kondo. Um, and this is because, ironically, too much stuff makes you less happy. Go figure. Um, <laughs> Marie clearly is uh, is a bit um, obsessed with the tidiness, and you might pull faces at some of her methods. Um but for somebody like me who has always struggled to get rid of things and tidy up and like is a bit obsessed with wanting everything to be put to good use and recycled and waiting for the you know waiting for its use to arrive um this is a, a great uh, both motivation and practical guide to living in a space that really serves you um without clutter and mess and making the things that you actually care about accessible and useful um if you've ever had a tidy up and then found that one thing that you'd wished you'd had two years ago <laughs> you, you know to an extent the cost of a messy life um, and i put when to read this is because this is aimed at the kids when you're fed up hearing me complain that your room's a mess <laughs> which has started already my goodness um or later when you realize why i complained about it but don't really know how to fix it which is where i've been in my life uh, number seven, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Um, and why why would you read this? Uh, so more money will let you solve more problems, have more freedom, help more people, and live your best life. Um, but it's not that easy to know where to start without a role model and a plan. Uh, there's some good practical guidance in here, and time will tell if I make good use of it. Um, the, the key thing out of this that I still really need to get better at is people mistake a goal for a plan um so let's say oh, i want to i want to double my revenues for the year or i don't want to double my salary for the year that's not a plan that's a goal to get there you have to have an actual plan that you could break down into steps and follow and then you have to actually follow that plan um even if new information shows up and you vary the plan you're still got to be following something um and I, I think I'm definitely at times falling into that trap of having a goal and thinking that that's enough. Um, number eight, 
the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. And this is really just in here, not because I think you necessarily do exactly what he says, but because it's just an inspiration from the other side, from, away from the nine to five job. Uh, I'll speed up a little bit now. Uh, number nine, The Road Less Stupid, Keith J. Cunningham. <laughs> I really like the way this bloke um, puts everything across. Uh, basically just finishing everything with, that was dumb. <laughs> um, so basically a list of all sorts of things that will cost you a load of money when you're trying to get more money. Um, one of the great lessons out of this one that I've heard elsewhere that is starting to sink in for me is... Um, People who end up wealthy will take risks that have potentially large upsides, but importantly, will be very careful to avoid risks that have large downsides, meaning you could lose all your money, so that they can ratchet up their wealth. Um, and people with less financial education have a tendency to do the reverse. So they will um, avoid risks avoid gambles that might have or likely to have big upsides say um investing in some new business um that is potentially a game changer in a market um but they will not protect themselves against downside so they will um take on uh, a secured loan on their house if they have a house that could bankrupt them when they're not they're not really in the right position to run it um i can't think of other good examples but hopefully you get what i mean that um they'll do things in their over the course of their life that mean that they regularly get wiped out again rather than ratcheting up to become more and more wealthy and be able to take bigger upside gambles um so yeah that, that's from the road less stupid but it's also in the um rich dad poor dad i think and possibly think and grow rich definitely definitely a theme if you read all of these books you'll see some themes come out in what it means to be successful number 10 this is a this is a bit of a sledgehammer this one this is the 48 laws of power by robert green uh, and this is <laughs> a rather brutal tale of kings and queens and what real power in the world looks like and it might seem like that that's not relevant because, you know, oh, well, you know, I just do my day job. But the reality is these laws of humanity, if you will, are, are there everywhere in some form. Um, uh, for example, the rule number one of never outshine your boss um, can explain some slightly bizarre behavior <laughs> where you think you think you're really helping the company and then you don't get that promotion or you get a disciplinary and you don't understand what's going on. If you if you read the laws of power, then there will be lots of situations that suddenly make a bit more sense, um, even if you're not planning on being a politician and what have you, or a king or a queen, um, along with some really good stories that are probably to be taken with a pinch of salt. Um, number 11, so now we're off on a general knowledge tip. Um, the blind watch... <clears throat> the Blind Watchmaker by Richard Dawkins. Um, I'm sure not everyone will agree with this, and maybe I'll lose some listeners, but uh, <laughs> I've not got that many to lose, so I can I can cope with the downside risk. Um, <clears throat> so for me, this this was the best explanation of what evolution really is, um, and 
bear with me because you probably think you know what evolution is and maybe you do um but in my experience a lot of people kind of think they know what evolution is but don't really get those core mechanics of it um and without that um some of the reasons why life is how it is don't really make a lot of sense um and they're not ridiculously complicated and i think this book does a fantastic job of laying out how this system that has created us really works and what the little mathematical trade-offs it's made just through statistics that result in some some interesting things um including such stories as to <laughs> the, the incentives for the different sexes to perhaps cheat on each other or <laughs> for example it's it's a good read as well uh, and also by richard dawkins the god delusion um now i'm not going to talk too much about religion because i i respect people's um beliefs and we live in a, a highly religious world um with that said i think this is well worth a read to understand the arguments uh put particularly well as to why we don't really need god as an explanation for the world um whether you believe or not i think this is a good thing to understand um and there's there's no escape from religion um i think it would be a shame to throw out all of the benefits of religion along with the belief um but uh, hopefully over the next several hundred years we'll figure that one out as a species who knows and that is the end of my list of books for the children um now i'm really hoping that this isn't just something that benefits my children like it's taken me a fair few years to come across all these books these are not books that are mentioned generally in conversation um i've certainly never seen them on on television for example um I've come across them through chance, through recommendation, through podcasts. Um, I I recommend go and have a look, um, and maybe fill in some gaps in in your own reading, and keep them in, keep them in your back pocket as if you want to give general life advice to anyone else. These are these are killer books for me. I don't know if I should have split this up into several podcasts, but I'll just plow on. Um, to jump to the next subject that I have in mind, um, that I have gone a bit bit deep on recently. Um this is a completely different different world. Um I've been because of a some some work I've been doing, um, with some code that we uh acquired that was not perhaps how we'd like it to be. I've been doing some research into what it means to look after legacy code um and maintain it and refactor it because um, it it th- there's a lot of like kind of glib approaches to re- oh, things we say that you know oh, we well, always do you always rewrite you always clean up you always or never rewrite or etc but sometimes things are kind of complicated and i didn't want to pile in making the wrong trade-offs and i figured that there was going to be a lot of good research out there already as to to how to approach some more challenging 
problems with tech debt. So I've written an article that's called Approaches to Refactoring Technical Debt and Legacy Code. Uh, that was back in July. So I haven't been completely silent, albeit not actually recording anything. If you're interested in how to approach the balance of rewrite, refactor, and dealing with technical debt and legacy code, um, this is definitely worth a read. Um, either now so you're prepared or when you come across something that is more than just a couple of classes not how you want it um definitely have a read and, and have a more well thought out approach to what you should change and when and how and even how to communicate it to different people um like one of my phrases that came out of this is a mess is not a technical debt a mess is just a mess <laughs> um but basically let me just summarize the the whole thing so that you get the get the feel for what you get if you went and read this so I've got a few quotes dotted around here um, where people, some experts out there, have given given us little highlights. Right, Like Ron Jeffries said, we take the next feature that we are asked to build and instead of detouring around all the weeds and bushes, we take the time to clear a path through some of them. Um, and this is, this is an approach I like to just slowly paying down technical debt because it allows you to focus on areas that are actually getting in your way. There's... there's uh, Technical debt itself is a bit of a overloaded term. There's, there's an article out there that I've referenced that uh, explains what the different types of technical debt technical debt might be, and that can help in communication. There's a, a an article by Martin Fowler called the Technical Debt Quadrant, um, where he's described um, uh, prudent debt uh, versus inadvertent debt. Um, yeah, reckless versus prudent, and then on the other side of the quadrant, deliberate versus inadvertent. Um, and that's actually quite useful when talking to people about it, um, because whether you can use the, you know, running up interest and paying it down kind of metaphor um, is affected by where you sit. Um, I did a bit of research into the uh, <clears throat> the idea of like where testing fits around that. Um, um, so sorry I'm just reading a bit as well while I while I speak so bear with me if I go a little bit quiet so I've got I think legacy tests is a useful term to describe problematic tests so this is where TDD's been with us for a while um, and now we can have tests that are problematic as well as production code there's the idea that Legacy code is any code that doesn't have tests, which is a, a fairly strong opinion that not every will, everybody will agree with. I've referenced um, a podcast recording from Codeurance where I pulled out some some useful tips. Um, that's a really nice explanation from a from a group of experts batting around their their acquired knowledge. Um, but hopefully, you can pick out the the highlights from what I've written up. Um, and then I went really off the deep end, um, and I have read an entire book uh, by Michael C. Feathers called Working Effectively with Legacy Code. And I have to say, that was quite a hard read, um, and I'm not sure I'd recommend it. It's um, it's spread across C++, C Sharp, and Java, which would have been kind of nicer if it was three books, really, and you could pick the one for your language. Um, but nonetheless, he's basically detailed laboriously every technique that he knows of for 
taking a big ball of mud of various shapes and pulling it apart to the point where you can test it and work on it and have a better architecture so sprawling methods and that kind of thing i've not actually pulled a lot out of that particular book um, i did link off to another article that summarizes it to some extent which made me think that maybe i don't really need to do that but i'd, I'd just say if you if you're in the middle of some code base and you're thinking oh how am I going to tidy up this without breaking production? Um, then his book is a kind of a good reference, um, but it it would have been nice if it was a bit a bit more succinct, perhaps. Perhaps in terms of uh, I don't know, maybe it can't be more succinct, <laughs> but it, it's worth knowing that it's there as a reference. Yeah, I won't I won't go into the the full details of the rest of it. Um, oh yeah, I listened to the small batches podcast. Um, they had a an episode. Automated testing with Jason Sweat, I think that says. That was really good. That came in just as I was finishing up this article. All sorts of great experience out of that one as well. And I've actually pulled out time codes and all sorts of good quotes from that one. And then I finished off with a nice little video that I found, which is nothing to do with code, about 10 little bugs on the wall um, and how they multiply every time you squash one. So that's it for that article. In summary, if you're likely to be faced with a mountain of difficult, old, broken, bad code of some sort, and you want a bit more thoughtful guidance to that and ways of thinking about it and ways of talking about it, I'd definitely recommend going have a, having a look at that article. So, on to the next subject. So the next thing I wanted to cover tonight is becoming an entrepreneur so i had a bit of a shock <laughs> um i was looking at my own website as you do and i happened to cross a post i'd written called starting a startup and it's dated 2015 which means i've been thinking about this for five or six years now um i think this probably dates more or less when i first decided okay i really want to be doing more than client work and on the one hand i'm kind of depressed because five years is a really long time to have not really made any concrete progress like i've got effectively zero revenue from anything but client work and much as i like my client work i really do want to pull something else in somehow some way <clears throat> but when I look back, um, I've I've learned an absolute ton. I, I talked earlier about a bunch of the books I've read. Um, I didn't mention in that list a whole bunch of tactical books, um, books about startups specifically, books about business specifically, such as Profit First, which is a, a really great guide, which um, in short is put all your money in pots, <laughs> just like we did back when it was cash in little envelopes for your, for your groceries and your bills. Um, so I, I think back. So the this article is about an attempt to do a property startup. Um and I still kinda like the idea. The idea of this thing, which we ended up calling X Chain, which didn't really go anywhere, was we would uncover the hidden property market. So there's lots of people who kind of would like to buy or sell, particularly in a in a smallish 
village or something people would like to move around um but unless you are like desperate to move and you've put it on the market possibly at great cost and stress um there's no really access no access to that information that you know given the right price there maybe are a whole bunch more people who would move so whether that would work or not <laughs> I, I don't know the point is back then i really couldn't tell anything about what would make a good business um what would work for me um and i think if it had taken off i'd probably be out of my depth which maybe would be fine the, the stories i hear is you just <laughs> you just get on with it um so yeah i have i have mixed feelings about coming back to this thing i certainly haven't lost the drive but i have also learned a lot and i did i did build schema explorer in between which is a very long and hard lesson in why you don't build before you've got a proven market but hey <laughs> maybe you just have to do that so yeah there's there's no conclusion to this one yet other than to be continued um i haven't given up i was pushing at the end of last year to build more of a consultancy instead of uh solo contractor client work i burnt out a bit on that january i kind of let myself off the hook and decided not really to do anything um it's now february um, and I'm going to make a plan, which I haven't made yet, as to what the next thing is. Um going to be looking around for that. Um, any ideas and any contacts would be most appreciated. Maybe I can join in someone else's thing. <laughs> um, so, on to the next thing. And this is the last thing for today's sh- show, which is Dog Lost. I've I've held off talking about this. There is an organisation called doglost.co.uk who are a lost and found database for dogs in the UK. This is a a fantastic good cause. And I I decided quite some time ago that to have a balanced life, I really should be doing something generally charitable as well as trying to look after myself, trying to do my client work and trying to have a good family life. Um, so I reached out to these people quite a while ago now. Um, and over time, I've got to know them quite a bit better. Um, and for reasons I won't go into, I'm effectively in charge of their website now, um, which is a challenge. This thing this thing has been around for a while without a lot of change. And there's, there's a, certainly a desire to have something that works better for them, um, that maybe can be more effective in the the end goal of reuniting dogs and their owners after they've become separated. Um, Now, I've, after a lot of thinking and a lot of umming and ahhing and a lot of experimentation, I now have a plan. And it's become really clear to me this isn't a plan that I can do on my own. Um, or at least not not in any reasonable time scale so if you're interested in helping or if you know anyone who you think might be then drop me a line um, it's, it's relatively slow going because I have relatively limited time for this on top of everything else um, but we are we are chugging away we're making progress um, so I'll, I'll share with you the the rough plan and technology now so you can get an idea if this is something that would be would be interested i mean we're 
still open to for suggestions and new ideas but this is going to outline kind of the the main thing that needs to get done at the core of the whole thing so we need to get this website onto modern hosting um and have modern deployment methods um and the technology that i've chosen for this is kubernetes um i've done a little trial run um and that's that's looking pretty good um so if kubernetes is something that is of interest to you um that is definitely something we'll be using um and then the next part is to build an absolutely brand new site and the plan is to make the new site look basically like the old site and more or less behave like the old site um because what we don't want to do is try and rewrite the world and then have the whole thing rejected so i've chosen my tech stack um feel free to argue with me about this (laughs) as as i think there's always there's always reasons why it's right or wrong um so I'm going to use Sales.js, which is a, a Node.js-based MVC system. So much like Ruby on Rails, much like ASP.NET MVC, um, but this one's for Node.js. I'll be doing it in TypeScript because I just can't quite let strong typing go as I as I do it in JavaScript. And probably testing with Cypress.js. I've got some, got some tests in place already. So yeah, big old challenge. Um, mobile apps are a a way off and and have their own challenges at the moment i I just want to get a a like for like on the existing site and then we can then we can innovate and we can we can make some things much better um, which are currently quite challenging so yeah all help welcome um there's there's going to be room for help on less detailed tech stuff as well so support and user research would be a fantastic thing to have help with um infrastructure stuff if anyone knows stuff about that um i've been thinking about the best way to run the whole thing from a programmer side i don't know if you're familiar but there's the cathedral and the bazaar is actually a book about the differences in building commercial software which is like the cathedral sort of top-down control and the bazaar which is like open source which is just a messy free-for-all and I could, in theory, run this either way. Um, and I'm inclined to have a bit of a blend in that, because this is a, a volunteer thing, um, I want I want some level of control in that we want to make sure that we make progress on the things that matter. But equally, if people want to come and bring their own thing and contribute, then that's, that's also welcome if we can move things forward. So I, I plan to try and manage the chaos a little bit, but also allow a little bit of chaos to... So, as I say, if that's of interest, reach out, give me a shout, and I can tell you a bit more about it, and hopefully we can build something that makes a difference. Um, you don't have to log, love dogs, but it helps. <laughs> yeah, and that that's it for my, my list that I had to talk about on today's show. Hopefully you found some of that interesting. Sorry if it was a bit all over the place and a bit ummy-urry. It's been a bit of a crazy year, as you know. If you want to be a guest on here, if you've got something interesting you talk want to talk about, uh, that would be awesome. If you want to share this or if you've got suggestions for me, let me know. Hopefully I can do some more coherent subject subject matter podcasts soon. Um, I still haven't really decided what this show is for, which is partly why this is a bit rambly. Uh, I don't know who my target market is. I don't know why I'm doing it really. Just other than I just like the tech. 
typical typical me <laughs> just like doing it but yeah i'll uh get out of your earbuds now and uh thanks ever so much for listening uh don't forget to hit subscribe give it five stars if you can <laughs> if you think it's worthy come and check out my website hit me up on twitter all the things um i know that's not one call to action um if if you only do one thing send me a message on twitter at tim underscore abel a b e l l uh see you next time <laughs>